Welcome to the No Fear Podcast of First Presbyterian Church. My name is Bob Fuller, Senior Pastor of First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio, Texas, with your No Fear Word of the Day. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Bob Fuller, Senior Pastor of First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio, Texas, and this is your No Fear Word of the Day. The Bible tells us to have courage, to be not afraid, or to have no fear in one way or another 365 times. And the point of this podcast is to offer God's Word as a daily dose of courage during this 21st century health crisis. Last week, we started talking about and unpacking a very famous prayer by American theologian Reinhold Niebuhr. The prayer is called the Serenity Prayer. Reinhold Niebuhr was vacationing at his summer cottage near Heath, Massachusetts, and he was invited to conduct services at a small church nearby. At the end of the service, he offered this prayer. O God, give us the serenity to accept what cannot be changed, courage to change what should be changed, and wisdom to know the difference. After the service, a neighbor came up and said that he'd been particularly struck by the prayer and wondered if he could get a copy. The man included it in his Christmas cards, and it was then picked up by the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, and then by the USO, and that organization shared it with thousands of American servicemen and women in World War II. The appropriately named Serenity Prayer seems like a prayer written for our times as we make our way into and through and beyond this COVID-19 pandemic. Last week, we talked about the first phrase of this prayer, God, give us the serenity to accept what cannot be changed. For the Christian, the way of acceptance, accepting the things that cannot change, is not the way of fatalism, but the way of perseverance and witness. In other words, we accept in hope. We can face our problems in that space where we find ourselves with intelligence, with grace, and with courage, and most of all, faith in our sovereign God. That way, we can meet those limitations, we can grow, and we can develop even in those circumstances. This week, we're going to take a few minutes to talk about the courage to change. I have a good friend who was a banker who, over the course of his career, added to his financial skills all kinds of people skills, skills like listening and organizing and bringing people together. And he learned them so well that his, his bank decided that he was most valuable for his leadership skills. He had a great gift for working with people and for working with teams. And that's a set of skills that he brought to his own participation and ministry in the church. Over the years, I watched him come into difficult meetings, meetings in which he would have to make decisions and vote on important issues concerning the church. And I've seen him come into these meetings with strong opinions and intelligently preset ideas. I have heard him argue vigorously for one side of an issue or the other. But I have also watched him listen intently. I've seen him ask and heard him ask searching questions and think deeply about what was being said. And then I have seen him, I have heard him change his mind right there in the middle of the meeting. He changed his mind when everybody thought that he had set his position, that he'd set his feet on stone. 
I remember one time I complimented him on his flexibility, and he said, you know, some people think that changing your mind is a sign of weakness, but I believe it shows that you're thinking. His business experience had trained him to be a good listener and a willing learner. Our Lord doesn't need rigid people. He certainly can work with them, but he doesn't need rigid people. He wants us to be open and responsive to his moving. But more importantly, perhaps, God wants people who are willing to change when change is required to do his will. God, give me the courage to change the things I can. It is here in this prayer that we ask God to help us recognize the changes that are required of us. A famous Clint Eastwood character once said that a man's got to know his limitations. Mature people must always recognize their limitations, but that's only part of the story. Mature people must also look at the possibilities that exist for change all around them. Beloved, we begin to assume our God-given responsibility when we claim this second part of the prayer for our own. O God, give me the courage to change the things I can. A rich young man came to Jesus and he asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And the young man replied, I have kept all of these since my youth. Now, parenthetically, I want you to understand, I think this fellow was making a boast of gigantic proportions. There is no way that I believe that he had fulfilled all of the commandments of the law. But that's for another day. Well, when Jesus heard this, he said to the young man, Well, there is still one thing lacking. Sell all that you own and distribute the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But then the story says that when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he was very rich. But I want you to notice something very subtle in what Jesus asked. Now, you may not think that this is a very subtle request or command of our Lord, but but there is something very powerful but very subtle going on here. He did not ask the young man to give some of his money to the poor. He said to liquidate all that he had, to sell it all and give it to the poor. Now, I doubt that this man had anything against the poor. What upset him was that by selling everything he had and by giving it all away, he would have to change everything about his life, where he lived, how he ate. He would probably have to get new friends because his old friends wouldn't want to have anything to do with him anymore since he'd lost all his money. And therein lies the reason why the rich young man became so upset and left. Because it's one thing to give that which we will never miss, but it's another thing to give to the point that one's life is changed. This guy wasn't afraid of charity. He was afraid of change. But here is what I love about this story. Yes, the young man walks away very upset, but nowhere does this story say that he did not go out and do exactly what Jesus told him to do. Now, how can I be so hopeful about this young man? Because Jesus said how hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. He said, indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. But we have to remember that even though something may be hard, that doesn't mean it's impossible. As a matter of fact, when he was then asked, well, how can anybody enter the kingdom of God? Jesus said, what is impossible for man is possible for God. 
if we are left to our own devices, we will not change. But Christ has said that God can change us. Think about that person whom you can't stand, who you fight with or can't even fight with anymore. Think about people sitting in jails for everything from heinous crimes to misdemeanors. Think about children who just refuse to grow up or parents who refuse to let go. Think of pecking wives and lazy husbands. Psychologists tell us that we can't change people. And you know what? They're right. We can't change people. But God can change people. God told the prophet Jeremiah, Come, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So Jeremiah went down to the potter's house, and there the potter was working at his wheel. Jeremiah says in chapter 18, The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done? Says the Lord, just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. God can change the course of people and the course of nations, or if you want to look at it another way, he reshapes people and nations to conform to his will. I once read a book about training Labrador retrievers, and it said this, The saying that you can't teach an old dog new tricks was invented by a lazy old dog. The fact is that old dogs can learn new tricks, according to this trainer. What are the things in your life that need to be changed? What is it in your relationship with others, your marriage, or your family that needs to change, that can't remain the way it is now? Some days I sit in my study thinking about and praying for marriages that are just limping along, for children who are constantly torn apart because a father or a mother or both stubbornly refuse to change their destructive ways. Their ways have become idols to them. They have become as important to them as the rich man's money was to him. They refuse, for whatever reason, to change the things that they can change. So what is the problem? Remember, the prayer tells us that change takes courage. God, give me the courage to change the things I can. Change requires courage because change strikes fear in all of us. It doesn't come naturally to us. Jesus told the story of three servants whom the master of the house entrusted with great sums of money. Two went out and invested it and used the money, increasing the master's wealth. The other took the money and buried it in the ground. And when his master asked him for an accounting, that man had not increased his master's wealth by a penny. And all he could say was this, I was afraid. I was scared. He was paralyzed by fear. We also need to remember, right now especially, that change is not just a personal issue. Change is about the kingdom of God. We are called not only to be changed, but to change the world. Wasn't that why Jesus came to earth? Working together with God to bring about change, changing the direction of human beings and of nations, mending the brokenness in creation? Have you ever thought about how much courage our Lord exhibited? He associated with the unpopular people. He gave little people a feeling of dignity. He touched and healed lepers. That was like 
touching and reaching out and taking care of people with full-blown coronavirus. He welcomed prostitutes as human beings who needed understanding and acceptance, and he even reached out to foreigners, to Gentiles, even though he knew that that was taboo and he would be considered unclean. Everything and everyone he touched changed miraculously for the better. But not one change took place without a tremendous amount of courage and cost on the Savior's part. And we have to have courage too if we're going to practice what we preach. It is said that the greatest enemy of the best is the good enough, that the greatest opponent to the great is the status quo, the way things are. Even if everything is not perfect, under the status quo, at least it is familiar. Often we believe that it's better to keep things the way they are, good enough, rather than risk the more excellent way, because that way may be fraught with danger. Better to stay with the evils at hand than fly to evils unknown. But, as Jesus pointed out, very often the status quo is at odds with the kingdom of God. I remember once hearing a white South African minister say that the words status quo are just Latin for the mess we're in. We need to ask God for courage. And remember that courage is a gift from Him. Courage to seriously look at economics and politics and ask, is this the best we can do for the least and for the lost in our community? Courage to beat our swords into plowshares. Courage to vote with someone else's best interests in mind. Courage to tell someone about Jesus Christ, not just about where you go to church, but to tell them about Him and what He means to you. Courage to change myself before a marriage falls apart. Courage to make a change in a career, to accept or perhaps decline a promotion. Courage as a single parent to be both mama and daddy to your children. Courage to pick up the pieces after life has been shattered and to start all over again. Courage to adjust to unexpected and unwelcomed retirement. Courage to deal with a disease that no one has ever heard of or seen before. Courage to provide leadership for the church we love in order that her future might be bright and fruitful. And I must have the courage to change. Right now, because of this COVID-19 crisis, we are not only in a season of crisis, we are in a season of change. Certainly, we want to reopen our businesses, our schools, our churches, and community gatherings. I know I've really missed being together in worship and going to movies and traveling and watching sports. But even as our country begins to open up once more, we are all realizing that we can't just return to the way things were. In many conversations I've had, I've found that many people don't want to go back. They want to move forward. They want to take the perspectives that the Lord has taught us in this moment and apply them to a changed future. With each new challenge, faithfulness requires that we do our homework, that we listen carefully, that we act in clarity, and that we are guided by the Word of God and not by political parties, liberal or conservative, or special interest groups, or the heat of the moment. Some changes we must resist, but others we must pursue aggressively. Change is a constant companion in our lives. It is seldom ever easy, and it never seems to end. We're constantly moving from what used to be 
to what is. As the ancient philosophers remind us, our lives are a constant contest between being and becoming. All of this reminds me of the old slave's prayer. Oh God, I ain't what I ought to be, and I ain't what I'm going to be. But thanks be to thee, I ain't what I used to be. With the courage that comes only from God, we can change. We're not quite finished with this serenity prayer, and next week we're going to look at the last phrase of this important petition. We're going to ask God to give us the wisdom to know the difference between the things that we cannot change and the things that we can change. Until next time, thank you for being with us again for this No Fear podcast. Please join us for this and our other daily podcasts throughout this COVID-19 crisis at fpcsanantonio.org. I'm Bob Fuller of First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio, Texas. Be not afraid. God is real. Jesus is alive and the Holy Spirit is with us. God loves you. He has a plan and purpose for your life. He has a position for you on his team and a place for you at his table.